0: And welcome to this week's edition of Utah Weekly Forum. I'm your host, Rebecca Cressman, and this is really a stunning development. Um, many years ago, I heard about the story of Susan Powell and her disappearance, and I lived not too far from them. And then we have now a podcast called Cold, and this actually goes into the story of this. And I'm, I want to introduce to you the person behind this, Dave Colley, an investigative reporter with KSL. Dave, thank you so much for joining us in studio.
1: Yeah, happy to be here. We're going
0: to hear the story about how this developed and why. Also joining us in studio is Cheryl Worsley. She's the Director of Audience Development with Bonneville Communications. And so you are a partner in the podcast as it's just been dropped. Dave, tell me why the Susan Powell case caught your eye and what inspired you to bring this uh, to a podcast now, to the community.
1: So let me rewind the clock a little bit, and uh, let's step back to December of 2009. Uh, that is when Susan disappeared, and this story made the news not only here, uh, but across the nation. And I, at the time, was working as a reporter, and uh, the station where I worked was not too far from where a lot of this unfolded, and uh, I followed very closely every step along the way. Um, Shortly after Susan's husband, Josh, killed their two sons and himself in Washington in 2012, about a month later, actually, I started working for KSL. And it was uh, a little over a year after that that the West Valley City, Utah Police Department came out and said, we're out of leads. This is a cold case. Our suspect is dead. We don't have any information that we believe uh, currently can lead us to where Susan Powell's body is. And so what we are going to do is we're going to provide our case files uh, publicly. And they distributed those to the media on uh, flash drives. It was a huge amount of information. And uh, as a reporter here at KSL, I took that and started going through it along with many of my colleagues. And we we worked some stories out of that information that kind of helped bring a little more clarity as to what the police were doing throughout the course of this investigation. But in reading through all of this material, it became very clear that it was too much to try to tell piece by piece by piece. And in order to do the story right and to give it the kind of uh, full attention that it deserved, we needed a different way. And podcasting was becoming at the time, and still today is becoming, uh, a great way to tell these kinds of stories. Long-form
0: stories. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's
1: very complementary to what we do on the radio, right? So um, people that listen to the radio, we know a lot of times you get that 30-second bit of the story or, or you hear a mention of it in between songs. And, and you might want to go listen to, to something that gives you a, l- a little bit more. And so what we're trying to do is, is step into that space where people can say, I remember hearing this story. I've talked to people about this story. It, it's affected me. Um, and all along, I've wanted to know more, to understand better what happened, why things happened. Um, and, and our goal is to really step in and, and do that for I'm, our listeners. And,
0: and I appreciate that background. At the time, when you were an investigative reporter or a reporter mm. for KSL Radio, Cheryl Worsley, you were at KSL Radio in, in the function as a news director. That's correct. And, when, and you can speak to the power of this story because to me as a former news person and as a member in this community, as someone who lived not too far, who knew people, who knew Susan Powell, when the police, it, it was an emotional moment when the police said, we have no more. Yeah. we're not going to be able to close this because so much of the story was kept quiet we didn't we just would where are they searching what could happen so so for you was this one of those unforgettable news stories
2: unforgettable and uneasy because so many answers still left unanswered in this case and this is this is where i give credit to dave because dave had a full-time job producing utah's afternoon news very busy job very from the moment you walk in, you're busy, until the moment you leave, you're busy. And Dave would not let this go. He would come to me and say, hey, I've found this out, and it leads to this record. It's pretty awesome. And would do that repeatedly until I'm like, okay, we have got to give you some time to work this. So what we tried to do was you know, carve out a couple of days here and there and, and, and try to have him work that. And make progress on the case but we found as he was working he would make headway and then we'd have to stop and he had to go do his other job so it it became clear that if we wanted to do this in a comprehensive way and tell this full story we had to have Dave do this full-time so that's what
0: we did and so the last couple of years how long have you been working on Developing Cold, the podcast. And again, for those who just joined us, At Cheryl Worsley. We have Dave Colley in the studio with us, and he's the producer. And you're the voice right. of that, which, by the way, to me, as soon as I heard the prelude, mm. you know, listened to the prelude um, on the podcast, I had to count the hours until you released <laughs> part one. And then I listened to that all the way my drive home, which gratefully is a one-hour drive. And so I had time to sit and just stew in that story that meant so much to me so dave you know how how did you i I guess decide what parts of the story you wanted to tell that haven't been hadn't been told before
1: you know it was it was a moving target in a lot of ways um how do you approach telling a story like this where in a lot of ways the people that you most want to talk to are not able to share their stories anymore um Susan, certainly, we want to know what she would tell us if she could. She's, she's not able to do that. And uh, as much as we don't want this to be a podcast that's all about the bad things, you do need to talk about the other people who were around Susan who made her life so terrible. Um, but her husband Josh is not around. Her boys are not around. Uh, her father-in-law, Steve Powell, with whom she had a a very contentious relationship, he did not like her father-in-law, he was not going to talk to us. Uh, we made an effort to extend the invitation for him to talk to us and, and receive no response.
0: And there's many of us that felt very deeply that he held the answers to some right. of the unanswered questions. Right.
1: And, and he uh, passed away. He died while we were in the process of continuing to work on gathering our information on this. So he is no longer around. Uh, So in telling that story, we've had to take it a couple different ways. One, the police, through a lot of their work, recovered recordings that had never been released. And we identified those where we could, and we submitted public records requests and uh, engaged in conversation with the police to obtain copies of any recordings that we could get our hands on because that allows us to let the people who are involved speak in their own words.
0: These are the voices of Josh. These are the voices of Susan, yes. the voices of the father-in-law, Stephen. Yes. And and more voices.
1: Right. Yeah. Uh, new interviews, people that we've contacted who have shared their stories. Um, and in some cases, we've had our hands on journals, personal journals, uh, many of which have not been released Previously, and in order to tell those stories, we have uh, tapped the shoulders of some very talented people who work with us um, to narrate, to stand in, and and play essentially the parts of these people. So, so that has really shaped the way that uh, we've crafted the story. In as much as we possibly can, we want the people who are involved to tell it themselves.
0: Will the podcast be released week by week? Cheryl, tell me, and can we, before we go more into the story, because there's so much to this, Dave, and thank you for uh, being committed to give Susan's life voice, which for me is what Cole does, because that was so emotional to lose such a young mother and not be able to bring her home. So for those who are new to podcasts, how do we find cold? How do we make sure that we're receiving the updates as the podcasts are released?
2: So, we're releasing new episodes every Wednesday, and you can access them if you're not familiar with podcasting. You can access them through the FM100.com website and also the FM100.com app. So, you can get the, the show there. There's a, there's a button to the right, mm-hmm. right on that webpage. And so you just click in and the episodes are all there. So that's one way to do it. If you're familiar with podcasts, we're on all the major podcast platforms. We're on Apple Podcasts, uh, Google, Spotify. Uh, Stitcher. Am I missing any, Dave? Uh, all there of there are so many I lose track, right. I, to We're on all of them. I've so. just
0: learned that there's something called Stitcher. For me, I'm lucky enough, and I know not everybody is able to have a smartphone, but for me, I have an iPhone, and there is an app that's built in called Podcast. So I simply went to that app, opened that up, typed in a little search for the word cold, and up it came. Mm-hmm. And then I subscribed, which means... Ideally, right each Wednesday, I'll get the next Yes, it uh, will episode. just
2: be there, and it will be there early on Wednesdays. So you you can count on it being there when you wake up on okay. Wednesday morning. We also have a website, thecoldpodcast.com, and that's T-H-E, coldpodcast.com. And all of our social accounts are at thecoldpodcast.
0: Okay, so we can link from there. So we've given you a lot of information. Um, there is a huge generation of... of Uh, People who are so familiar with podcasts. And then there's me. No, then there's those of us (laughs) who, you know, we are not traditionally um, embracing them at the same level as the younger audience. But I can't say that's true for everybody uh, over the age of 40 because it's growing. More and more, you know, the first podcast I listened to helped me meditate. I thought, well, this is pretty cool. And then I, then the door opened and swung open. So uh, don't be uh, uh, nervous about how to find it. We can help you navigate that. As Cheryl said, fm100.com. We've got mobile on-demand link that'll take you right there, either through the app, um, the FM 100.3 app, or online at fm100.com, or use the app on your smartphone for podcasts and search for the word cold. Cold is representative of a case that has been closed and not solved. Is that correct, Dave? Is that what the term kind of refers to?
1: So in choosing the title cold, and I wish I could take credit for it, um, I can't, but I certainly attached to it very quickly because this is a cold case, right? And essentially what that means is, you know, a hot case, you have new information coming in, you've got leads and everything. Well, when a case goes cold, the, the investigators are basically telling you that that activity has died down. It's like a fire that has reduced to embers and gone cold. But this case evokes cold in so many different ways.
0: You're talking about maybe the personalities of some of the individuals um, involved in Susan's life?
1: You've got, you've got Josh, who is practically devoid of emotion. Um, you have the camping trip in the West Desert in the middle of a blizzard, a very cold night that Susan disappeared. Um, you know, I, I I could go on. It it to me uh, evokes all of that and and just the act that we presume took place to end her life was was done and uh, I, I think it's pretty safe to assume in Cold Blood, and and that's a very that's a very difficult space to dwell as a storyteller. Um, and so while our show title is cold and while those themes are present in our story, we are also making sure that where possible we bring back in this idea of finding light out of the cold. And and you will hear many of the people who are talking about this case, especially people who knew Susan, her own father, her closest friends, who will tell you that the people who knew Susan and and have seen what happened have reacted in some pretty amazing ways. And and so um I I think there is a duality to the story there.
2: We have several themes that we feel emerged from this investigation. The the first one is domestic violence is not all physical. And uh, and Dave could talk a little bit more about this, but uh Susan probably would have left josh if there was hitting involved but there wasn't she didn't
0: recognize the manipulation and the well, emotional was, control as she abuse she did
2: well she did recognize mm-hmm. she did recognize them and and knew it wasn't right but it wasn't enough to push her over the edge to leave that dangerous situation so that that that's a a pretty big theme in the podcast
0: i'm glad you brought that up because um it is still one of the greatest risk factors for women domestic violence, and we don't, I believe in general, know how to identify the risks, stop it early enough, get access to resources and help um, when, when we're most empowered and able to go, when we feel trapped. But there's so much to the complexity of domestic violence and, and the, domestic
2: abuse. And yeah. in the state, a state of Utah, where there's, there's a lot of religion Going on, uh, and I guess that's not unusual of other states, but in the in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints, it is family essential, and you it's very there's pressure to not break up a family, and you know that and that informs Susan's experience right. it very much right, did. as well. Yeah, Dad, I appreciate that. One of the themes there,
0: um, I start to because I've listened mm-hmm. to episode one, um, there were traces of some of that behavior of Josh's in his early years. And yet in one of the podcasts you share um, about the importance of light, maybe if we learn from what happened with Susan and Josh and in other situations, her father-in-law too, maybe then we can prevent someone else from being as vulnerable as Susan was.
1: And and that idea of light, I think if you listen to episode one, um, is reflective in Josh's own life as well. There's a period when before Josh meets Susan, he recognizes that the way he was raised and some of his behaviors are not right. He sees that in himself. And and I say this from having read his personal writings and listened to his journals from this time period. And, And he expresses this feeling that he's a better person when he has that influence. Now, you know, whether you're religious or not, it's beside the point. It's, it's understanding that we, all of us have, I think, parts of our personality that we know um, could be improved. And when you seek out sources of inspiration that encourage you to be better, which is what Susan was for Josh when they met, um, you have boundless potential. If Josh had fully embraced that, he would have gone very far. He was a very smart man, very self-motivated learner. And unfortunately, one of our other themes is that he had a father who was a dark influence. And he was basically in the middle between his wife and his father. And uh, I think it's safe to say with what we know, and we'll go into much more detail on this in the podcast, his father ultimately won over his heart.
0: I appreciate you sharing that. For those who have just joined us, this is Dave Colley. He's the investigative reporter who is also the narrator and the producer of the podcast Cold that just dropped uh, this week. It's been um, so successful in the, what, 48 hours, 24 hours that it hit top three in podcast for iTunes, get top two now? Yes. Okay, so it was three, about two hours ago, it was number two now, when this airs, it could be in the number one position. Mm-hmm. Well, just, all that means is, there are thousands of us, that feel connected to the story, and the disappearance of Susan Powell, to the death of those two precious sons, that he had, to the loss and the grieving, that Susan's family went through, to the the, the frustration, of, of uh, Josh's father's influence, for those of us who are living or read about that story, it impacted us and continues to echo on us. So thousands of people are subscribing now to hear this story.
1: And and what an honor that is. I mean, I think, Cheryl, you could probably speak to it better than I could. But, uh, you know, throughout this process, years-long process, we knew that the story was compelling. We knew that the uh, the people we were finding who were willing to talk added. New things to the conversation.
2: People had never been interviewed right. on it before.
1: But we, but we really had no way of knowing whether or not people would connect with it the way they have.
2: Well, and they have certainly connected with it. Uh, we've uh, we've surpassed thirty thousand downloads today. So, um, which is uh, what a compliment to to Dave and and his work. Um, so thank you to everyone who has, has downloaded that and, and listened, and we hope you'll stay with us.
0: You know, there's still a group on Facebook, the friends and family of Susan Powell, who have not forgotten her, who continue to feel like their lives were impacted from this her Susan's marriage and her loss and and to see the um, how it, they are embracing the drop of this podcast cold because it does give life. To a to a story that still we're looking for more answers. How did this happen, and what happened?
1: And I'm glad you brought up the, the Facebook group that originated um, from Susan's friend Kiersey Hellowell in the days immediately following her disappearance. And it originally was focused on their uh, their ward, so their church congregation. And they created it just to keep people in that neighborhood and in that informed that, where informed, mm-hmm. and it grew it just it grew out of control. And you now have more than 20,000 people who are still members of that group all these years later. Um, and as we knew this podcast was going to be coming out, we knew those people would want to know about it. But we also wanted to be sensitive to the fact that here we come with, you know, all of this. Uh, I don't want to say hype, but but we're... we're we're drawing a lot of attention to the fact that To, to we're a painful releasing. part of their own history. We, sure. we want them to know that it's coming out. We don't want anyone to feel like we are trying to capitalize on the tragedy. And so uh, I directly contacted Kiersey and said, this is what we're doing. I, I would be uh, very honored if you would, would allow me to just post to just let people know that, that that's what we're doing. And she, to her credit, said, please step in. And and share anything that you can do to keep Susan's memory alive, to keep the idea of you know the hashtag that they generated, find Susan. Uh, that that we are doing our best to put on anything that we do to to keep pushing that idea of you know finding Susan. Um, so they've they've been incredibly gracious.
0: I'm wondering with that hashtag, find Susan, right? Mm-hmm. Find Susan. Yep. Did you feel like after going through all the recordings and the journals and the interviews? that you found Susan metaphorically, in other words, you got to know her much more deeply than you would have, you knew her uh, nine years ago as a reporter, obviously.
1: Um, So I never met Susan in real life, um, but I have read hundreds of pages of her journal, her personal email correspondence that was compiled by the West Valley City Police Department. And how do you do that without feeling like you know a person? Um. I feel cheated that I never had a chance to meet her. And uh, I find myself, as I read through those things, talking to her sometimes out loud. I mean, you want to reach back in time and grab her by the shoulders and, and, and just shake her and give her a hug as she's going through all these difficult experiences. So, yes, and hopefully someone who subscribes and listens to this podcast can have some sense of that that they that hopefully they come out feeling like they know Susan as a person better.
0: And when we go back to light, we're also hoping that what else happens to someone who's listening to the podcast?
1: Uh, boy, it, it's tough to express um, how deeply I feel about the importance of someone who's in a difficult situation— if they recognize, and, and I'm ending every single episode this way, if you recognize something from the story in your own life, that's a, that's a sign. And it might not be you personally. It might be a friend. It might be a family member. When someone comes to you and they express that something is wrong in their relationship, wrong in their marriage, take that person seriously. And make sure that, that something happens to intervene. Uh, whether that's reaching out to a third party you know whether that's giving shelter to someone who is literally in 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 at risk of physical danger do something do not do not allow this to happen to anybody else
2: and if you're in that situation yourself uh recognize that there are resources available and you, you can uh you can get out if you need to you can call 911 you can call 211
0: you can reach out to the YWCA And I'm assuming there'll also be some resources on the COLD website. Tell me what the web page again is for COLD. It's thecoldpodcast.com. Thecoldpodcast.com. Just dropped this week. It's called COLD. And it is um, an incredible podcast when it comes to storytelling. So, Dave, this makes you feel humble. But as (laughs) someone who is a former radio documentary producer in my other life, For me, I am able to step back in time and walk through some of this history. And for me, that is a great gift because I think we're all committed to trying to protect any future and current Susans that are out there and to honor their lives as well so they're never forgotten. So Dave Gauley, thank you so much. If someone wants to reach you personally, is there an email that you're sharing?
1: Yeah, uh, my contact information is pretty easy to find. Um, people can email me directly. They've been doing that today. It is D. which is C. A. W. L. E. Y. At KSL. dot com. Uh, we also have established social media accounts for Cold, and uh, I'm, I and the rest of our team are very engaged right now in in talking to people there. So anybody that reaches out to at the Cold Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, uh, we will certainly be there.
0: You'll be seeing the messages and responding. Cheryl Worsley, thank you. Thank you. For joining us on this week's edition of Utah Weekly Forum, Dave Colley, The podcast is called Cold. And I'm Rebecca with FM 100.3.